people idea. enjoy being subject matter experts. I think people like being the go-to person for X. So I think it's really important that you foster that particular type of that culture within your firm. And then that constant never-ending improvement and constant learning starts to flow. And I think most importantly, you start to get more and more out of the technology that you're paying a lot of money for. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with the next episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. And as you will have noticed, Penny and I were both off the air, off the air, well, not recording episodes for a a couple of weeks as we both took a little bit of time to kick back and relax. My wife and I, we headed up to Byron Bay for a little time there before the second baby arrived. So uh, we we went on a bit of a baby moon and a baby moon with a two-year-old, not quite the relaxing, stress-free um that I had anticipated but it was a wonderful couple of days away. Penny where did you head off to? I wish I'd gone with you because you said Gus learned about ice cream. He had ice cream for the first time yeah he had and gelato so it was like bougie ice cream it wasn't just <laughs> something out of the freezer no so he had gelato for the first time and, and I, I was sort of giving him some of mine and he was like more more please more please and I'm like all gone just as I'm licking like he tried to eat it as quickly as possible to tell him that it's all gone. But no, he loved it. So he unfortunately had a bit of a, a rough coming back to, to earth post-holiday where, yeah, we're not having gelato. We're not having French fries and, and ketchup and whatnot. But no, it was a lovely couple of, lovely couple of days away. Cool. When did I you go? Went to, you went to I Mexico. went to Mexico. Three days of wonderful camping, then evacuation due to fires. <laughs> Ended up in a really nice hotel in Tecate, which is actually a spa with a wonderful pool. Spent most of the time in the pool watching the fires all around me. I kept my bags packed because they kept on saying, well, you might be evacuated. even Just in case. Wow. So not quite the disconnect, stress-free sort of break that you were looking for, but sounds like it was was its own adventure. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, Are you kidding and, me? So- I ended up in a spa and I took a cooking class making gooey duck. And if all of you want to know what a gooey duck is, I have so many jokes. <laughs> That are not appropriate for that anybody. Not appropriate for the for this podcast. And the so chef you can, said, if- "You, Miss, will be the one who pre- prepares the gooey ducks for all of us." And I went, "Yes, always want to slice as, one of those up." No, but as it turns out, gooey duck is just a clam. So, it's, or it's mm-hmm. a very big clam. But big so, clam. folks, Google it, and then when you see Penny at uh, QuickBooks Connect or another event, you can chat to her about gooey duck. So and I'll um, tell you all the jokes and all the jokes. Yeah, and maybe a couple of tequilas, and she'll tell you why. Well, won't even need the tequilas to tell you a few jokes. But the interesting thing is we both got back from holiday and and it's not like a relaxing return to work, is it? Because you sort of, you switch the laptop on, you open up the inbox and you, you try to avoid opening the email app on your phone for as long as possible. But at some point in time, you have to bite the bullet. What was it like when you got back to the office, Penny? A couple of things. First of all, I gave both of my US team a bonus. Because we had a brand new, relatively large client coming on board. And they, I literally did the Zoom in introduction the night before I left. And I said, it's up to you guys to do all this. And they did a fantastic job of pulling it all together, getting the VPN set up, getting the first test run on a pretty complicated tax return test. And I came back to the 
clients saying, let's rock and roll. This turned out perfect. So kudos to my uh, team in the U.S. and to the tax team in Chennai. Thank you very much. But an interesting email came in, and this was not necessarily anything that went wrong, but we had a client who mentioned that they have three apps that kind of connect. It's and then the two apps and then one feeds into they're using QBO. And they brought up the fact that they were going to have the team that they have working over on my in Chennai do this work for them. And they wanted to point out some of the issues that come up because of the way these apps stack on top of one another and how they have different reporting features. And it caught what it can easily do is cause you to put a bill, and this has to do with APs, and uh, invoices that are coming in and how they can be put to the wrong account or even the wrong QBO account. Mm -hmm. And how easily that happens because of AI. Uh, interesting. Yeah, because, well, and it's not, the AI is reading the company, but the company, like in this instance, it was a Verizon bill that they showed. And Verizon has like number extensions and the AI was just looking at the word Verizon. Yeah. And it saw it was associated with this file and it wasn't, it shouldn't have been, should have been in a different file and any and everything. So one of the things is I told my team, I said, okay, you are challenged with writing a document on what you think you can do on your side to mitigate this problem happening again. And the accountant really said, you guys didn't cause this. We noticed that we had people on our team making, having issues with this. And it's just a matter of they're working too fast. They're not looking in the right area and you need to pay attention to these and not assume that the computer got it correct, especially in cases like this. So I said to my team, I said, write up a document on how you would approach this, knowing there was a potential problem that the person who started with the first app never sees the final result in QBO. So they wouldn't necessarily understand the issue, mm. right? So you're working in an app that sits on top of another app that sits on top of another app. And the three of them, one is, a, am not going to name the apps, but one is a receipt receiver and one is an AP manager. And the final is the GL QBO. And each of these by themselves does a wonderful job. But putting the three of them together, the person who's working in the first one doesn't necessarily ever get to the QBO. And they did not see what happened. And so it was a matter of training and teaching. And even though somebody may not be in QBO, they certainly need to know how the app that's sitting on top of QBO is zero is going to affect the results, whether it's done correctly or done improperly, and how that improper thing could happen. 
It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think there is a misconception out there that because of AI, we don't need skilled workers. We don't need people knowing the bookkeeping process or knowing the sort of, I think I'm going to the extreme there, but I think there is this idea that, well, we're using AI, so therefore we don't need to pay professionals to do this work. We can pay people without bookkeeping or accounting backgrounds. But actually, if you are going to do that, then you need a hell of a lot of training because they still need to see the whole end-to-end process and understand the way that data flows and why the quality of information coming into the system is paramount because that will have a flow-on effect to everything throughout the books. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. The other thing I think is interesting as well is like you, you talk about, and I I remember that I think you were using the example of the Vodafone, uh, the, not the Verizon bill coming in. And it's so funny. I used to work for a receipt company, Receipt Bank, and um, trying to tell the developers, trying to tell the, the engineers to be like, no, no, Verizon, you've got to look at Verizon. And then you've got to look at these other areas to help. You can't just automatically publish it over to phone to a particular account. So that was the other side of the thing as well as like explaining to engineers and products people about what's at the accounting process was just as important, sometimes more difficult than trying to help sort of technicians understand that the bookkeeping process better. Yes, exactly. You you said it. Okay. We can go away now, right? It's not a matter of the AI is not working. And it's just a matter of the person who's reviewing it probably has a better understanding of the client and how the client is spending or receiving money. And that knowledge of the client is really critical because, and also if you're doing cast, partial CFO, whatever the flip you want to call it, you are going to have an in-depth knowledge of that client and how they're using their money. And you're going to have part of what you I would think your job would be to help them to organize their expenses. So let's take Verizon, for instance. What if they have Verizon bills and they have a Verizon phone for employees and they need to cost it out? and split it between maybe classes or locations. Or what if they have a Verizon phone, but they also have an internet access that they're getting through Verizon as opposed to cable. So not everything that's gonna come in is gonna be to that one phone. It might have to be split up. And so knowing that internal knowledge of the client is a way to assist the bot. So training, And training the apps on that is real interesting too, because, you know, that's one of the things that we have a couple of teams that do that. The apps come to us and go, okay, we wrote this, see if it works. And we know the code works. That's not what we're testing. We're testing that once that code hits the accounting application, did it hit it in the correct place? Yeah. And did it result in the correct information, either in reports or just in a view, it didn't go to an asset, <laughs> which is something that happens. Anyways, I won't say which app does that. <laughs> but it's so it takes a lot of training. And you're right, you probably could hire people who are not necessarily accounting, CPA certified, this and that, but are intelligent 
and can read and can write and detail oriented you could train them to do that and but regardless you need to train this is another case of the old school isolation of accounting firms that has to go away just because somebody is not going to be using the app doesn't mean they should not know how that app affects everything yeah. and your ultimate goal of what you're giving the client so to that event, I'm going to bring her name up. I didn't ask permission that I will. Jan, how she and I were talking about this. And she said, well, that's an interesting concept. How do you manage that? And I said, well, I have no choice but to, because we had to count today, because I know I have somebody who's doing a count, 287 apps that we're dealing with. And so we have a dedicated hour every week with somebody in our office who is a trained accountant who also has a degree in education. And she teaches a class once every Thursday. And mm -hmm. everybody knows there's going to be a class. And she sends out a message that morning, my Wednesday night, that there will be a training class in the training room on this subject. Please send anybody on your team that needs help in this area. Or like we get a lot of updates from apps where they have new updates and the ones that send us the updates, we love them. <laughs> I'm just going to send a shout out to Ben. Thank you very much because things change so much and having that, that knowledge that something just got added is really good. And so if during the week, every morning when I wake up, uh, there is somebody in our team who has said, hey, I just found this new way to do this with this new feature in this app. And this is what it does. And this is what happens when it works correctly. And she posts that in a training channel specifically to everybody in the company. So if anybody needs to look at it, it's there. And so this the, the concept of everybody's always sharing and everybody's always training each other. Well, and, and everybody's responsible for it because... I Yes, but yeah, exactly. Accounting firms spend a lot of money on legislative training and ethics and, and tax legislation and that type of stuff. But I don't think they spend enough time on the technology training if they do it once a year in preparation for tax season or whatever. But I see it time and time again. And, and when we go out and speak to accountants and bookkeepers and, and ask about, oh, have you seen this particular feature? And it'll save you. And they're like, wait, what? No, I didn't know anything about it. And, and then the worst thing is if, if another team member from the same firm actually comes out, oh, yeah, we've been using that thing for the last couple. And I'm like, wait, you're, you two aren't even talking to each other. And so I think that's a really interesting, you've got two really interesting um, activities going on there. First, dedicated training every Tuesday at this particular time. And, and the team or the managers identify what are some areas that we need additional training on. But then also then every team member is responsible for contributing to this Slack channel on what are the latest things that they've uncovered in a particular app. And I think you said 237 apps. So I think that's got to be sort of double, maybe triple, most accounting firms. But I, well, I, 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 that we have different firms that use different tech stacks. So. No, 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 exactly. So what I'm saying is that you might have a, a firm sort of uses 50, 60 apps in internally and externally with clients, but you've got 237 apps. And so 
what I'm saying is uh, training is critically important. Whether you've got 50 apps, whether you've got four apps, whether you've got 237 apps, actually formalizing that training and, and putting product champions in and, and creating that environment of everyone's responsible for teaching each other and sharing what they've learned. I think that's a really important part of an accounting firm's culture that I think is quite lacking in most firms. Well, I'm going to give myself a little credit here because it's been an argument that I've had with my partners in India over the years with this several different different outsourcing companies I've worked with. But it's always like, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. And, you know, I literally just said, if you don't do it, I'm out of here, period. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sick to death of people screwing up on stuff that the person sitting right next to them knew how to fix. Yeah. And that happened. And I was like, and so I just made a list of this. And I said, so who can we get to train? So I started putting all the team leaders into a training session and they had to record it. And I would sit back and watch the recordings. And I went and I picked the trainer. I knew who based on the results and just based on the way she ran the training session and how she forced them to interact and give her feedback and give her, yeah, but well, wait a minute, I've seen this. Hey, what about this idea? And when I saw that happening, I went, okay, that's the trainer. And, you know, even though she's a really good team leader, I've given her a lighter load of teams so that she mm -hmm. could do this more. Might not be considered billable time, but it's certainly valuable. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, I think if you think about as well, the, the, the idea of the rapid rate of innovation and improvement oh, and changes Jesus happening Christ. in technology. Sorry. But what I mean is you can be sitting here doing a process, doing it the, the way you've done it for the last six weeks, unbeknownst that a new shortcut or a new something has happened that, that sort of cuts the time in, cuts the time, you know, eliminates, eliminates 25% of your time. Um, and if you don't know that and you're just happily sort of tapping away the way you've always done it and then you're missing out on those efficiency gains. You're missing out on the reason that you're paying that monthly subscription fee where the innovation and the improvements are sort of coming in weekly for the most part. Yeah, well, they should and, be. And, and nobody can be faulted for not keeping up. You know, we're running as fast as we can mm. on the changes. And the AI is not always in your face. And it's not always about, they're going to take away my job of allocation. The AI is built in in so many other different ways that we don't know. And if you're not utilizing it, one I, I saw today on a beta release, I mean, I said, well, Jesus, that's going to be brilliant when you, you know, you've got that all done where it takes documents and it doesn't matter how the client uploads them, what order and what they name them. The AI mm. goes and looks at the document. It doesn't look at, it looks at the and actual you document do. and yeah. renames it to what it's supposed to be based on what your tax rules. I mean, it just, and it's going to save an enormous amount of time, but it doesn't mean that you don't need a human. You need a human to ask for it. You need another human to do the work. Mm. The AI is just taking care of everything in the middle. 
Now, when you were chatting with Jan about this, and obviously your firm is different, as in your clients are accounting firms. And so actually knowing the apps of the accounting firm clients, that's critical to your success. But you've got a team of how many you got now? We just got two more, so 63. Wow. One of which is trained educator. She used to teach at the university. Yeah. So you've got 60 odd people, you've got different levels of expertise, you've got training expertise, you've got obviously accounting and tax and expertise. What about the two and three person firm, the sole proprietor? How do they keep up with everything that's going on? That's hard. Um, I will say that, you know, it's not easy to pull yourself away to go to conferences and learning and in a live setting is it is so much easier, at least for me, than learning on video because I just like most people listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling, <laughs> taking notes. Yeah. But the real, the real camaraderie comes from, and the real learning, I think, at least for my team, and maybe people who have one or two person firms should maybe reach out to others and do like a book club type thing because what I find is that they get so much other from each other when they're cross talking with and cross training and going hey I got a client who does the same thing they use that app and this is the way they have us doing it and you go oh wow I didn't even know that that one existed because even we can't keep up with all of it so I don't know maybe if I was a one or two person firm where I didn't have that time. And you know, you're going to BNI, you're going to tips, and you're trying to get business this way and that. Well, take one of those hours and maybe start a local meetup. Or just as you were saying that, I was sort of thinking, of, you know, I'm not on Facebook much these days anymore, but there's a whole bunch of communities there. And, you know, I know Hector Garcia, I know Heather Slattery. Hector um, and Heather do a great job of training. Kelly, I think it's the workflow watering hole. So I think, and, and actually some of them do have paid. So there's the free option just in the Facebook community and being a part of that and, and keeping up to date there. But there, there are also their newsletters and their paid subscriptions, which actually might be worthwhile. And, and they're fairly nominal sort of monthly fees. But if that gives you the, the cliff notes that you need. So if you are dedicating an hour a week, you know exactly uh, where to go for the information you need. So I'd keep an open mind to the idea of joining some of those membership groups. Happy Hour, I know, is a great podcast. Hector does great training on YouTube. Yeah, so there's a bunch out there. And and that might just be a way in which you can say, you know what, I'm going to be laser focused and, and join this community and really participate in this community. I don't need to be a part of the 17 that are available to me, but I, I want to spend the, the next three months really focused on workflow. So I'm going to dive deep into to that group there. Anyway, just sort of an and idea. I had to I, def- and I did have to define the date and the time. Yeah. I got okay. together with I got together with my team and I said, okay, what is the most, what's the best time of day? What's the best week day of the week? And what's the best time of that day that it is easiest to pull people off their task? And yeah. it happened to be Thursday afternoons, India time. Oh, and so they got to choose. I said, you've got to choose at least one hour yeah. a week. So you get together. You're the ones who are doing this. You find the day and the time that works for you. And it's on the calendar. It's on the shared calendar we have. 
And I can't, it's three o'clock in the morning, my time. And sometimes I'm awake. So I pop in. You, you pop in? I try to take roll call. <laughs> no, you know, they do. No, they do take attendance. Yeah. They take attendance and they mark off and they make notes on what it is each of them felt like they got out of it. Oh, good one. Yeah. You know, I think that's actually a really important one as well. Like particularly with conferences and stuff, if you're not actually having a debrief session with your team, if you're paying for your team to go to to a conference and you're not sitting down for a half day, sort of the the following week to be like, okay, what did we learn? What are we going to, Rachel does that with her team. I like client Rachel, you've met. She does that, man. She's adamant on it. She's all over there. Okay. Because she doesn't hesitate to, to put them up at the Marriott's and send them off to conferences. They, when they come back, they have report cuts. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, did but you I think, in on and what did you learn? And I think people like to share what they learned. I think oh, people yeah. enjoy being subject matter experts. I think people like being the go-to person for X. So just, I, I think it's really important that you foster that particular type of that culture within your firm and and then that constant never-ending improvement and constant learning starts to flow. And I think most importantly, you start to get more and more out of the technology that you're paying a lot of money for. Yeah. And we have a, you know, we have turnover just like everybody else and new hires. And those new hires need to be also trained mm. on the culture of sharing. And they need to be brought into the fold. And it's another way to do that because the training days are always a mixture of newbies and oldies. <laughs> and and the, the, the speed with which that person comes on board and gets oh, yeah. up to speed infinitely quicker because you've got your formal onboarding process plus your informal training that happens organically based on the people that they're sitting with and, and the teams that they're working in. Yeah, and Sweta, our trainer, she doesn't always run the class. Like she'll find somebody who, okay, you use this app more than anybody because you mm-hmm. happen to be working in a firm where they're heavily, heavy users of this app. So you're going to run this training session. You're going to be a person of record for it. And she will facilitate it then, you know, and making sure because maybe that person is not a real good teacher. And teaching is different than facilitating. Mm. When you're teaching, you're lecturing. When you're facilitating, you're drawing information out of others to share and to enhance what it is that's been taught. So she helps with that. So we do have like certain people that we know a subject matter. And like we have one person who's like super duper on Keeper. And, you know, we have another one really big on Bill.com. And, and it's just because they happen to be working with firms that heavily utilize those apps. So if we go back to the original example, and you didn't use the names, but I will, it was HubDoc into Bill.com into QVO. Mm-hmm. And, and where was the breakdown? Was the person processing HubDoc, the, the, the data coming into HubDoc and reviewing that and hitting publish, were they new or? Did, no, what where, it was, where was, was the a, breakdown it, was, then? it was the difference in the way the reporting it was easy to get a report out of bill.com to make sure that the data was correct. Was getting coded. The data properly. from hub.com to bill.com? No. And so that's usually where the mis- disconnect happened. And that's it's probably because for a bunch of clients, 
it doesn't matter because yeah. there, there aren't multiple phones, there aren't multiple of them, so it just goes straight across. Whereas if, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. the client intricacy. So that, it had to be noted, that's part of yeah. it. So that team is challenged to write it up yeah. and what constitutes a reason why you would need to slow down and check the bots on this one. Well, because the client is this type of client because they're using this type of app and it feeds in this way. And here are the potential areas where it could make a mistake. So you need to be aware of it. And, you know, and not every single invoice is going to be like that, but certainly like, you know, we all have multiple credit cards and mm. multiple accounts on Verizon. And, you know, it just, that was it. There's a, a reason why in this instance, a little extra time on review is critical because which you'd learn which you'd learn which you'd see when you open the client file to be like okay abc plumbing righto abc plumbing let me review that so before i even touch the the tools let me just get re-familiarize myself with abc plumbing and the intricacies of that now i'm sort of now i'm ready to open up hubdoc or, or whatever it is and, and yeah, get and processing so the information on that client so each of our clients has their own space where we handle their procedures yeah. and then inside of that space each of their clients that we do work for we have a little blurb what is this business what does it do and what's the goal that we have to perform here and so that kind of information would be in an essay form at the top page yeah. and the idea is that they have to have that in front of them when they do their work and I think that's, you know, that uh, we discussed that quite in depth in a, a previous episode of the context of the client is really critical and making sure that the team understands what the outcome, that was one of the words that you use there, Penny, what is the outcome that we're driving driving for this client and making sure that that's at the the, the top of it. You're not getting in and just processing AP, are you? You're part of a, you're one step in a process to yeah, deliver the first a, step a, a much is broader outcome. Is this a live client with the client working in the file too? I mean, that, okay, that's a whole different approach <laughs> to this is accounts management right up after the fact, which yeah. does still happen in the US. Yeah, so I mean, you have to, and I'm not saying everything's perfect and there are still mistakes to get made, just like with the AI. I mean, it's the 80-20 rule everywhere. It yeah, is funny so though, you know, as we were sort of chatting earlier, I was actually thinking and going back to this idea of conferences and all that type of stuff quite often. And I had a conversation with a, a friend and basically the, the partner of the firm, they were out at a conference and basically they, their eyes were open to the wonders of AI. And so therefore hurried home after the conference and bought all the Tell other Tell everybody, yeah. the world yeah. is our oyster now. And it, it's just so funny as well. And I am guilty of this is is when I stand in front of a crowd and I talked about Receipt Bank or talked about QBO or whatever, I, I paint a promised land. But actually the problem that... <laughs> but there's bumps in the road to that promised land. And unfortunately what happens, and maybe I need to sort of give that disclaimer. That well, the you remember that, that audience, scarecrow when Dorothy <laughs> that, says, which way should I go? Some people go this way. Some, some people, people go, some that, go way. that way. Yeah. Some people go both ways. <laughs> um, but, so, but I think that's what, what happens as well is, is quite often what the partner who attends the event hears brings back to the team and the team doesn't know the context, the team doesn't know the, but then gets in and actually realizes it's not quite the promised land. And, there's, and then there's they a, throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
Yeah, yeah, it's sort of interesting. So again, I think a couple of ways to, okay, so let's bring the team along to these types of events. What a concept, and, man. And let's make the team responsible for unearthing, uncovering, learning about the app. And I love that daily tip. How did you actually, how did the team get that off the ground? Because that would, in my mind, that would require a lot of work, like to get that ingrained in the team. One person did it. And I sent out such a huge hurrah, major emojis, da-da-da-da. Now everybody Everybody wants to be involved. Oh, interesting. But when, when I was a little kid, this kind of, off, but I don't know, it's kind of like it. There's seven of us, right? And my once a year, Filene's basement would have this humongous sale. And it was like mm-hmm. doggy dog sale, right? <laughs> and my mother would line us up and give us positions. I mean, you would stand in line outside Filene's all day to get in there. And they'd open the doors and it was like something out of Black Friday, but it only happened, you know, in Filene's. And there were wedding gowns and clothes and shoes and pocketbooks and everything you can imagine, everything you could buy at Filene's. And Filene's was a great store. And it was just like piled onto these cards. And my mother would know what she was going for. She wasn't going to waste her time shopping and nobody else did either. And she would line (laughs) us up. And one of us held on to her pocketbook because she didn't need to be busy carrying it around. And the other ones, I mean, one of us held a bag and, and we all had a job and she'd line us up and go, okay, we're, we're going to aim to this and then we're going to go to here and we're going to go. And kind of like if you're going to take your team to a conference, take a look at that agenda ahead of time and go, okay, I want you to, because they do, they break it up like a technology and tax. But, you know, they, they, there's so many things that cross over where you go, ah, oh, I got to go to this. And, and I think that's the hardest part that I see for people who are single firms, single owner or sole proprietor, is that they, I want to go to this, but I want to go that. And sometimes they'll run them twice. So while you're there, network with somebody else and go, hey, if you go to this one and I go to that one, we can come back together and share stuff. I mean, there's a lot of camaraderie that can go there. And then, especially if we find somebody that later on, you can maybe hook up with and have Zoom meetings and have, you know, like Liz and Heather do, have a drink together and talk about, hey, you've been using this app. I've been using this app. How do you see it happen? And actually, that's how that whole happy hour started, I think. It was two people that met each other at a conference and and got on and realized that together they can divide and conquer as as individual businesses. Well, and not only that, they do a damn good job of it. But they just something that, you know, I just, I mean, ladies and gentlemen out there, I got 63 people who are doing 287 apps and there's no damn way we could do this if we weren't all working together. I can't believe the speed of information changing, not information change. That's not a right one. The information's always there. The information's always the same, but our ways of accessing it, utilizing it and in generating information out of it is changing drastically and it's changing daily. Mm. And I just, I mean, you know, I've seen too many people and I've also do this to myself where I beat myself up because I figure I missed something. Just get over that. Get over that and just, you know, just put a schedule on it, get your team involved, get buy-in from everybody. Nobody's going to be a loser here and nobody can be bad. Everybody can be a winner. And you got to figure out a way for everybody to win-win. 
And yeah, yeah. I love it when I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I open up that channel to see who posted what new thing they found out about. And it's every day somebody finds something new. It's not all of a sudden reliant on you to be that one person. That oh, no. That's why I got to Mexico for a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Penny, I think any final thoughts? I think that's a really good place to, to close out today's episode. No, it's the last season, last episode of Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. So I'm going to watch it. Righto. Enjoy Star Trek. What? Star Trek? Strange New Worlds. <laughs> Strange New World. Enjoy that, Penny. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do us a favor and like the episode, share the episode on your social channels, write a review for us if you're on Apple Podcasts. That would be wonderful as well. And if you do have any questions for us, please don't hesitate to, to get in touch, reach out to us on LinkedIn or connect to us. Oh, actually, do we still do Twitter? I'm, I'm not, or whatever it's X. Well, now, you or... know, we're, uh, is it Twitter or X? I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm still on there, but I don't like go out of my way to anything on any no i'm still on there too and I'm, I'm but yeah so find us on linkedin that's the best way to find us connect with us there if you've got any questions or you'd like to find out other ways in which we might be able to help your firm reach out to us there but penny always a pleasure we'll see you next time have a good one have a good one with sam and gus i will do thanks penny. Tomato, daddy. <laughs> see ya, see ya. Bye-bye.